0: Motivation comes and goes and the alarm goes off at 445. It's like, I'm not motivated to get out of my warm bed and go have some 250 pound sweaty dude put his balls on my face. Welcome to the On the Edge podcast with your host, Scott Groves. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, it's Scott Groves, and as you may or may not know, this uh, podcast, On the Edge podcast, is totally self-funded, and uh, although it's just a passion project, the mics cost money. Chris DeRosa, my uh, right-hand man, he costs money to put everything together, edit the clips, do the audio, do the visuals, and uh, the only way that that happens is due to the money that we earn doing mortgages with Synergy Mortgage, the Scott and Dallas team or more affectionately known as the Dallas and Scott team now, and through our coaching business, which is Consolidated Coaching. So please, if you're looking to do a mortgage, buy, sell, or refinance a house anywhere in the country, or if you happen to be a loan officer listening to this and you're looking for coaching to improve your business, please get in touch with us. Go to my link tree. Uh, We'll schedule an appointment to talk either about your mortgage consultation or your coaching needs, and we'd love to help because it's through those earnings that we are able to support this show. Now back to the podcast. Hey, what's up ladies and gentlemen? It's Scott Groves from the On The Edge podcast. I have kind of a an old acquaintance but new friend, Nate Palmer, on the show, aka uh, Low Carb Hustle. And I figure we're recording this in March of 2023. We're actually a little bit ahead of schedule, Nate, so this will probably come out in like April, May-ish. Uh, but we're recording this right around the time that everybody's New Year's resolution is a distant memory. They're gaining back the weight. They've stopped testing their blood sugar. They've given up on the hustle or the lead generation, or they've given up on the diet, or they've given up on the spending time with their family, and you can go back to the gym, and there's plenty of parking, and everybody is uh, gone, and the steam rooms are cleaner, so I thought, man, what a... What better time than now to talk to a? And I don't even know how you label yourself—nutritionist, physical fitness, ex-extraordinaire. Uh, we'll talk about that. All the different industry or all the different industries that come out of the health industry. All the different types of experts. But like, what better time to talk than now when everybody's giving up on their healthy lifestyle New Year's resolution? So, welcome to the show, and uh, tell me what it is
1: you do. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, I'm really glad to be here. Basically, what I what I do is basically walk people through lifestyle changes from a nutrition, fitness, environmental and habit perspective to help them get the results that they're looking for, not just for the next six weeks, but for long-term. So I teach a style of nutrition called low carb backloading, but it wasn't always like this, Scott. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Previously, I was a personal trainer. That's kind of how I started in the industry. Um, personal trainer, not because I was like captain of the football team, but because I was super insecure about my skinny arms and I had, you know, got, you know, one time I, in high school, this girl was like, Hey, Nate, let me see your arms. And I was like, yeah, you're talking about big dub diesel. You're talking about the boss. And she turns to her friend she goes, see, I told you my arms were bigger than his. And I was like, <laughs> huh, guess I'll kill myself. So that's why I was being a personal trainer, <laughs> deep seated compensation. Yeah, Still dealing I, with that. I feel
0: like every personal trainer has some story like that, right? Where like they were the fat kid in school, or somebody made fun of them, or they didn't make you know the varsity football team,
1: and then their life's mission became health and fitness. I mean, I think so too. And then, but then I worked at a gym in Seattle called Pro Sports Club, and they had like in this one gym, it was like four hundred eighty thousand square feet. It was insane like Olympic swimming pools. They had like a, you know, like an auto spa, a florist, dry cleaners. Like it was like, this place was absolutely crazy. They had 128 trainers when I was working there and all of them were hot. Every single person there was hot and good looking and strong. And I was like, where am I? So I I don't think that they were necessarily all compensating for something, but I do feel like the gym is just, especially for men, just filled with hurt little boys that are still dealing with stuff.
0: Well, the gym my uh, my wife goes to now, it became such a problem with the like Instagram culture that they have built an entire room where it's like women only. Uh, I don't even know if we can legally define that anymore, but women only and no cell phones or cameras allowed, period. Because they were running into this weirdness where like gals were trying to record themselves for the perfect Instagram shot. And then some dude would like snap a picture of them because they were half naked. And then the girl would get mad and the manager of the gym was like, well, I don't know what to do here, man. Like you've basically set up a recording studio that you're gonna put out there publicly on Instagram. Why is it more creepy that this guy's just beating you to the punch and taking a picture? Like you're in a public place to put stuff up publicly on instagram i don't know how to regulate this so he's like all right we're building a room that's like women only no cameras and so that's interesting i think they should flip it actually do a room where it's where
1: it's cameras only cameras only yeah there you go yeah no no cameras anywhere else but go into this room we got like a we got like a some backlit stuff big gym logo you can like get in there and be like just did shoulders, you know, and you know, yeah. show, your, show the show the booty, you know. That's the that's the con like the constant shoulder pose on Instagram. I have a uh, I have a friend
0: of ours who babysits our kids once in a while, and she works at a gym. Mm-hmm. I won't say what gym it is, but she works at a gym where it is women only. And the gym, no joke, Nate, is designed to look good in Instagram photos because they have a bunch of like pro cheerleaders and some some girls that do like the ring card girl stuff from like the UFC fights and the boxing matches. And it's clear that everything is set up to be an
1: Instagram pose. And I'm like, good for you. Like you're filling a niche. That's, yeah, I was going to say, you know your demographic. Same as Planet Fitness, right? That's why they offer pizza on Fridays. They know the demographic. They know those people are hungry for pizza. Wait, is that true? I thought that was like a, like a meme joke. No, oh, man, I wish. No, it's <laughs> my buddy literally sent me a picture. He goes, it's, he texted me a picture from Planet Fitness. because That's where he goes. He goes, I go to the candy gym and they got a big bowl of candy in front of there. They do bagel Thursdays and pizza Fridays because they want you to know that it's okay to have a little treat there sometimes. Don't get, don't work too hard. Oh my don't goodness. Don't hold yourself up to too high of a standard.
0: Yeah, so, all right, well, they know their demographic. All right, so you, you were mentioning actually before we started recording that your demographic is like, hey man, I'm not the nutritionist for the morbidly obese person who's just trying to learn that you shouldn't have pizza three meals a day. You're working with the person who's got a few pounds to lose but really wants to be like lean and proud of their body. Like, like. so who's, who's like kind of your target client that you like working with?
1: I love working with male entrepreneurs and business owners. Like that's my bread and butter. Most guys who got like 20 to 30 pounds to lose, haven't been able to get rid of that spare tire or that, like the love handles. And you want to get lean and feel really good. You know? So if you want to go from just, like skinny fat to lean, like that's my, that's my niche. What's and- skinny fat? Wait, you're gonna have to define skinny fat. Oh yeah. Skinny fat is like, I feel like you see this a lot where like a guy looks good in a t-shirt, but he has like a little belly and small arms. So like, you know, you wouldn't be like, Oh, you are unhealthy. Right. But that guy's that guy still doesn't feel good taking his shirt off at the beach or the pool.
0: Got it. He's the guy that you see at the bar who you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. He's he's not obese, but I'm pretty sure I could beat him up if we went to the mat.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm glad you said that, because uh, so I started doing jujitsu a couple months ago, like like three months. Right. So I am I'm very fresh to it. I get completely smushed very often, Um, but I still do. when I go out, I'm like, I could take him. I could I could definitely take him. Mostly mostly like uh anyone who's like hundred pounds smaller than me, I'm like right. I could take that eight-year-old for sure. Right.
0: <laughs> um I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. And I always tell people like I'm in the stage where there's a group of guys who I can smash and then there's a much larger group of guys who will always smash me for the rest of my life because we'll just continue to get better together. Um, but when I do smash the guys that I know I can smash, I'm always like, hey, man, great role. If I didn't have 50 pounds on you, I'd be in big trouble. And I'm like, Oh, it's kind of because you're a pansy. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> just in case any oh. of the skinny guys at the gym are listening. You can throw me in that, uh, that first category because <laughs> apparently it doesn't matter. Like old, young people who've got like 60 pounds less than me doesn't like 60 pounds more than me. Like it just doesn't matter. I just get completely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going, I, I'm going tonight. I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to more of the same.
0: I got to tell you, there's a guy who would be in your perfect demographic of somebody you have worked with. I was at a previous gym and shout out to Vern, right? So I'm going with Vern. He's like a purple belt. He's been doing this for about five years. And I knew that he had worked in like the movie industry and did like construction set design or something. So like, he's like a blue collar physical labor guy, right? And he's strong as shit. He's digging his elbows into me. And like, so I started going hard with him. And then after the after the class was over the instructor pulled me over and he's like, "Hey man, you you got to go you got to go kind of easy on Vern." I'm like, oh, no, screw that man. I know the guy's older. Um like I thought he was in his 50s. He's older, but that guy goes hard in the paint, man. He's strong. Like, I can't go into that match being a wuss." And he's like, "No, dude, you're going to tear his skin." I'm like, "Tear his skin?" I'm like, "How old is this guy?" And the instructor looks at me, he's like, "Bro, he's 71." I was like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, Vern Vern used to be a cowboy. Then he was like a stuntman. And then when he broke his body being like a stuntman and a cowboy, then he did like a 20-year con- career being a contractor. And he's like the toughest dude I've ever met. And he's out there with his grown sons like on the mat just tearing it up. And I'm like, that's what I want to be when I'm 71. Not Life like goals for sure. Yeah, not can you know barely get off the couch, grumpy old man in the corner watching Fox News eight hours a day. I want to be that guy hitting the jujitsu studio
1: twice a day at 71 beast. I love that though. I lo- I'm glad you brought that up because I think that like in my estimation, age isn't just your number, obviously, but I think the more aggressively you're pursuing comfort in your life, the more you're going to age yourself. Right. So if he went from cowboy to stunt man and then was like, he didn't just like, was like, ah, good for me. Good enough. He's like, now I'm going to go into construction. Now I'm going to do something else hard. I feel like that generation also like stays real busy. Yeah. You know, like I think that is such a such a cool thing rather than just like sitting back on the couch watching Fox News, like you were saying, but actively doing something that's tough, putting yourself in challenging situations like at 66, being like, you know what I should get into fighting I yeah. start fighting. Yes,
0: I should roll around with guys one third my age who are trying to snap my wrist and my neck. Good plan. Yeah, let's that's what I'm going to do this next phase. So I, you've said this already a couple times in the last few minutes, and I've seen it on your social media and whatnot, and you talk about a, a little bit about, you know, I'll nickname it for you, like the curse of chasing comfort. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because this is this is an ongoing kind of talking point of yours. I've, I've checked out some of your other stuff. And this idea of chasing comfort, why why is that a big net negative to you in, in the life of most Americans, especially?
1: Because I think that, if, like, our lives are already so comfortable, right? Like, when is the last time anyone in this country had to like walk to get water? You know, like we haven't been hungry since 1943, yet like we still find all these things to let like disturb our peace, right? Whether it's traffic or our jobs or our the mean persons on YouTube. Which, by the way, someone on YouTube said to me the other day that I have the worst hair in the history of hair, and I'm like, that's (laughs) that's so mean, and a hundred percent chance you're bald. So, um, I. I just feel like when you have this outlook that is consistently like I'm going to go find something that's difficult, whether that's, you know, cold showers, I know cold plunges and cold showers like the, the hottest thing right now. training, you know, just working out, going to jujitsu, waking up early, just putting yourself in positions where you are getting humbled or you're doing something that's outside of your comfort zone that like, that feels really good in the moment. I think that helps us develop this, like this mental fortitude and toughness so that when little things pop up, we don't instantly just like crumple up and die, which is what I've been seeing so many people doing like, especially in the last three years. Do you know that 11% of people in the United States are on antidepressants right now? 11%. Eleven percent, wow! That's that's insane. That's that's like almost uh, triple the next highest country. And you know what the next highest country is? That's on antidepressants. No idea. Ukraine, a country at war. Right. Ooh. So like, so thinking about like th- that, we are like two or three times more depressed than a country at war, and for what? We have everything, and it's because that we have. We have so much and we haven't been challenged or pushed. So there's no resilience. So I feel like now it's now I'm like, when I talk to people and I have to talk them off the ledge because they, they're having, they're struggling so much with like making a good choice at lunch. I just think like, Hey, this is, this is so unimportant. This is such a non-factor in your life. And to spend so much mental energy being consumed with, Oh, I just, but I'm having a hard time with my, with my sugar intake. And we are like, But like, that doesn't matter. Like, you know, like honestly, like your fitness level doesn't even matter. Your fitness level facilitates other things in your life that are awesome. Like your relationship with your family and your kids and your spouse and the financial success you wanna have and like the, the freedom you develop and like the life and the legacy you leave is all pre- like predicated on you having enough energy and focus to go out and pursue those, right? So f- fitness is a is a vehicle. It is not the end all, be all. So to see people get stuck on step one because they don't have the mental resilience or fortitude to push through and do anything hard is like it breaks my heart to see adult men dealing with this stuff. What and what do you think that
0: step one is, right? Like if somebody comes to you and they're like, "Hey, man, I." Uh, I got a blood panel, right, and my doctor kind of told me my my metabolic health is 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 way bad. Cholesterol is bad. Blood sugar is too high. Yada yada yada. But like, look at me. I'm like, I'm not morbidly obese, you know. Maybe I maybe I hit Planet Fitness a couple times uh, a couple times a week, and I lift some weights and I walk on the elliptical. Like, what is usually step one? Uh, Cause I, I feel like it's very specific. You know, you, you, you talked about that uh, specifically that male business owner, maybe out of the business lunch that can't say no to the sugar intake. Like what is that step one of like, Hey guys, we got to fix this in your diet, in your psyche in your habits and your environment so that we can even like move down the path. Do you, do you find there's usually a common denominator on that step one of the
1: problem? There's a, there's a couple things that kind of come up and it really depends on the person because I think that for a lot of guys, it's creating time to do some movement, you know? And like, I still think nutrition is probably more important than the movement aspect, but I think for dudes, especially getting the movement can really facilitate and I believe that's positive snowball effect. That's going to allow them to eat better long-term. And a lot of guys, especially business owners will a hundred percent of the time get rid of their gym time to follow up for the prospect, sign a, sign a new like client, you know, like do have a meeting, right? So they're always putting their, their business health ahead of their physical health. So I think that's one big thing. I think a second thing that I see a lot is the mindset piece where guys don't believe that they are athletes. They don't believe that they are or should be fit. So that like, so I had a guy tell me the other day, he's like, man, I'm just a funny fat guy. I just eat, like I eat a lot of food and you know, like I'm, I'm kind of a jovial person. And I was like, well, if that's your belief about yourself. You're never going to be successful because if you can white knuckle this for six weeks, eight weeks, get some results, you're just going to rebound right back up. You need to change your identity around how your body performs and the energy that you have. And like, your like the fact that I'm an exerciser, I move my body. And if you don't have that piece, the long-term success doesn't exist because we can, we can be disciplined. We can be motivated, but we can never act outside of our identity for a long period of time say, say then, that again, say that again for the people in the back so we we can we can have discipline we can have motivation you know jocko's like discipline over motivation but I think identity over discipline and motivation because we can never act outside of our identity for long periods of time if you don't believe if you always believe you're a fat guy you will eventually return to that that reality
0: I love that the the identity is greater than the discipline because yeah discipline is much better than than motivation, because motivation comes and goes and the alarm goes off at 445. It's like, I'm not motivated to get out of my warm bed and go have some 250-pound sweaty dude put his balls on my face. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm committed to like getting better at this practice and getting a purple belt one day, right? Like that's that's the current goal. That's and and I think I think sometimes people like myself, we even trick ourselves of like, oh, I gotta post something on Instagram or social media about doing jujitsu because i need part of my identity to be like oh yeah scott's the guy that does jujitsu because that will motivate me to go to jujitsu because i don't want to feel like a fake i don't want to feel like a phony and be like oh yeah i posted that picture of me and jocko one time and then like i haven't been to class in like six weeks but if people know that like oh part of scott's identity is oh yeah he's a loan officer he does podcasts he does jujitsu well then i can't miss a podcast or a jujitsu practice because then i'm just a piece of shit who's out of alignment with myself
1: I got this tattoo for the same reason. It's a big, uh, it's a big on my forearm. It says inevitable. And I, I, for me, this is one of the core values of my program, which is do what you say you're going to do. Be inevitable with your word. And I think that, um, you know, I put that on my forearm because like, there's nothing that people like less than being a hypocrite. Right. So to like, to have that there all the time is a constant reminder of a standard that I have to hold myself to. Otherwise I'm a, I'm a big piece of shit. Right. I, like, I had a friend the other day tell me, she's like, you're, uh, she was talking about my daughter who's like almost five. She's like, your daughter has like the same like body type as you. And she's like, and it's funny that I can visually, like, I know exactly what your torso looks like because you always post it on social media. And I was like, there's like part of the reason I do that is because like I can't be slipping on that. Like, that's, that's kind of a part of my identity. I'm like the fitness guy. I need to be, if, if I can't expect someone to be at 100 if I'm only at 99. So I right. always have to be like at that level. And I think one of the ways that I do that is by having a lot of shirtless pictures for better or worse. Right, super hot. I was looking at thank those just so the other day. I've been actually looking for the compliments. I've been fishing for that kind of the whole time. So thank perfect, you super watching. hot, super hot. Um.
0: Yeah, it's why like, com- I, 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 you know, I'm a very judgmental person, even though I'm kind of working on that. I cannot look <laughs> at a fat police officer and have any respect for them. I'm like bro I'm not particularly fast or nimble but if I can outrun you you should not be a police officer like if you're morbidly obese you shouldn't be a cop like I just I inherently have no respect for you if you're not in better physical fitness like if you're not in better physical shape than chubby 44 year old Scott Groves you should not be a law enforcement right because like you're a law enforcement officer because there's like a certain in my mind there's like a certain physical standard and level of discipline and like if you might have to get into a life or death tussle you can't be winded after going up two flights of stairs um so there's my judgmental scott coming out and that all police officers who are morbidly obese should get with nate palmer or if they're just a little obese they should get with nate palmer so he can fix their fix them up um what so all right so you mentioned this making time create time for the movement um, what what are the other things you said? There's like one or two things that I got you off on a off on a tangent. But you said there's like one or you said there's a couple things that like are the first stepping stones. So like this is a this is where guys are a mess.
1: Yeah. So making time for movement, I think, is important. I think that can go into the third thing. The second thing I said was identity. Oh, the
0: identity third thing is, right.
1: is the morning is your morning routine. And I think which that includes breakfast for me. So making sure that your morning routine is a it's on point. It's it it does a couple different things. Number one, it eliminates decision fatigue. You know, um, so like I said, I got a I got a five year old, I got a two year old home, and one of my favorite parenting strategies is called overwhelming choice. I, don't, I I don't know if you've ever employed this one before, where you're like, yeah, you see the kids like getting all the feisty, and you're like, all right, here we go. Do you want the red cup or the blue cup? Do you want ice in it or just, just regular water? Do you want water? Do you want milk? Do you want to sit here? Do you want to sit there? Do you want me to carry you? Want to you want to you walk yourself? Do you want to pick you up or put you down? You want to go left? You want to go right? And you're like, you like just hit them with like a million choices all in a row till you see their little eyes like gloss over and suddenly they were a lot more compliant you done this before? No, it's fun. It's fun, but I'm not better than a five-year-old. I am a five-year-old also still. So when I have, when I'm faced with a bunch of choices of like pop tart or bagel, should I have the banana? Should I do this? Should I wake up? Should I snooze? Should I wear my blue shirt or my black shirt? And I start like all of a sudden just getting like scramble brains because I have so many options in front of me. That's when we start having that decision fatigue, especially later in the day when we have to make actually important decisions or you have to decide on going to the gym or not going to the gym or hitting your workout or not. So I think that everyone should be striving to eliminate decision fatigue in the mornings, first thing. So have a breakfast that you always have. If you have a shake that works for you in the morning, I've been having the same shake for the last 15 years. It's good, and it's fine, and it gives me the, the nutrients that I need. I don't have to think about it. All right, just give us give blender. us the secret recipe
0: Nate Palmer shake.
1: Okay, it's super secret, so just write this down. You're going to put some ice in it. I always go water. I've been doing water recently. Two scoops of protein. I kind of vary bind, but I always go with the whey protein isolate or hydrolysate. uh Five five grams of creatine, and two tablespoons of peanut butter almond butter. That's and it. And like a like then like a grinder of salt. I put some salt in there. That's it. No fruit. No athletic greens. No weird steroids or anything like that. I put in a little bit of weird steroids sometimes. Okay, but I'll, sometimes I'll like I'll put in like. If I have like, I just went through a thing of like kelp liver supplements, I'll put that in there for a little bit, put some reishi mushrooms in for a little bit. I'm experimenting and trying new things, but that the base recipe stays the same. I had that, that exact recipe this morning, yesterday morning, the morning before that it's fine. It's, it, it serves me. It does, it does what I needed to do. So then having, so having that on on hand is clutch. Also knowing like, what are you going to wear tomorrow? Like, am I going to wear the, the, the black shirt with the red hand or the black shirt with the white hand? Like, it's not a super big choice for me. Just all my clothes look about the same. I have, I have, uh, 11 of this same black shirt. And then, um, I think your, your morning routine should also cast a vote for the person you're becoming. So you want to be a purple belt. So your morning routine includes jujitsu. It makes sense, you know, or, you know, even if it's like, I'm going to do a little bit of stretching or work on my neck because my neck always gets hurt at jujitsu. Yeah, so like what, whatever you're doing should point to who you are becoming and what you want to do. I think that's very important in the morning. And I think that like if you have that that piece in place, then your the rest of your day starts off by you you've gotten a win you've like started aggregating wins early on in the day so you got you got your clothes on you got your shake you cast a vote for who you're becoming you've eliminated some decision fatigue now all of a sudden the rest of your day is going to be a lot simpler, so I think those three things are kind of the the cornerstones of behavior change that I that I like to introduce guys to. And it depends on every everybody's a little bit different what we what we start with, kind of depending on deficiencies. I love that. So I, I made the joke about the weird steroids in the breakfast
0: shake, but this is, you know, this is a really hot topic. And let's say, let's say your average male business professional, you know, has got a lot of gray hair like us, somewhere over 35, 45, something like that. You know, there's all kinds of I mean, you could you could literally drive yourself nuts. Should I be on TRT or HGH or peptides or blah, 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 or supplements or or what have you? Does the average healthy male in America, either through our diet or environmental or whatnot, does there come an age where like if you want to kind of stall the clock and keep it, you know, at a certain age, or you want to even find that fountain of youth to to push yourself back a little bit? Are there any of these supplements testosterone replacement hormones are there things that dudes should be thinking about as we get older um and gra- obviously we have to give the disclaimer we're not a doctor we're not talking to anybody individual consult your physician etc 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 but i'm just talking about in general like are there these longitudinal? i can never say this word Longitudinal, uh, long-term studies um that uh that Men should be on XYZ hormone replacement or testosterone replacement and it won't give you some type of weird cancer. Like, I mean, obviously there's steroids that have been out there forever uh, that can get 20-year-olds to peak performance and make people as big as Mr. Olympian if they're also lifting weights eight hours a day. But I'm just talking about for your average aging dude who wants to stay in health and be on the jujitsu mats at 70, is there science
1: out there that supports doing something? great question and i don't honestly know the answer to that question specifically as you asked it so i'll say, i'll say this i feel like if you can get up every single day and you can get some sunlight on your body some, like some like actual sunlight on your skin you can walk on the on the earth in some capacity on the dirt or the grass and you can do some sort of breathing exercises i think that is going to have a tremendous effect on not uh, not only your longevity but also how you feel your energy your focus during that time I think, though, that like what I've been seeing a lot of and this is completely anecdotal is when I see clients, especially kind of in their 40s and 50s who have jumped on TRT or done something like that, because I don't like I don't necessarily know if people are on growth hormone or not. I can't tell. And I think TRT is becoming more mainstream and I have clients who are doing it so I can kind of see what's happening as they do it. And I don't I don't know if it's adding life to like adding life to their, like their lifespan. I don't think they're going to be living longer. I don't think it's a longevity piece, but I feel like it's adding life to their years. You know? Mm. So I think that like, I've seen guys go from poor sleep, low, like feeling low emotionally, just not really doing that good. Like just kind of being crotchety and grumpy. Yeah. Low sex adding... drive,
0: et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just like having, like making a big shift in like two or three weeks. Once I jumped on a TRT program, I also love it because like selfishly, like someone's like comes, comes through and they're like, I just got on TRT. I'm like, oh man, we're about to have a transformation here. Right. Send the pictures over. Right. So right. Right. It makes my job a lot easier when, when people's hormones are actually where they're supposed to be. So I don't ever mind that from a selfish perspective and just like kind of getting people results. Um, but I've also seen that from an emotional perspective, energetically, people seem to do a lot better. They're a lot happier, have more like enthusiasm towards life when they have, pro- I'll, I'll say proper levels of hormones because I don't, necessarily know what everyone's blood work looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. And you know, that brings up another interesting, I mean, you can go down all the rabbit holes on this. It's like, again, let's say we're talking to that middle-aged dude. You know, if you read the the Tom Brady TB12 book, he must use the word pliability a a thousand times. And he's like, the whole goal is to make yourself more functionally pliable. And like I, I kept thinking of like Pilates and yoga and like Tom Brady's just trying to make his body more Strong but rubbery to uh, to sustain the impacts from professional football right and then there's other frame of thoughts that are like no, you got to get as much muscle and bone density as possible by lifting as much weight as heavy as possible as long as possible and then there's other guys that are like, no, just do cardio and run marathons and you'll be fine and you'll live a long healthy life with like a lot of life to your years and then for me I'm like, well I love jujitsu. Being on the mat is an amazing challenge, and it's making me stronger. But if I'm being real, uh, real, all of my physical fitness is sitting on the ground. And then I look down at my, you know, my uh, my watch, and I'm like, oh, I only got twenty five hundred steps this this fine day. That cannot be good for my overall metabolic health. And so, if you're if you're thinking about like, man, I really want to craft a program for longevity that's going to keep you upright it's not going to blow out your spinal cord like certain physical fitness programs um where are you biasing towards is it weight is, is it cardio is it like you must get in 30 minutes of hit training is CrossFit awesome because you're throwing much as throwing up as much weight as possible like when you're constructing a plan for a man let's say in their 40s or 50s what are you thinking about as far as the physical fitness aspect of it
1: I love what you said, like the second thing, like, well, first pliability, I think that's a, that's a really great word for what we're looking for, but like bone density and muscle mass, you can't sleep on those things. But I think the misconception is that the more muscle mass you build, like the bulkier you get, and all of a sudden you don't, you lack range of motion. But I think the best, the best combination here is doing like building muscle mass through a complete range of motion. So that way you have access to a more muscle mass, more bone density, but B you can actually move your body in the correct, in the correct way. So like when you're doing your like bench presses, actually coming down, getting that stretch, when you're doing your lap downs, going all the way up, I like a split squat, like a Bulgarian split squat, because it builds flexibility through the hamstrings and through the quads while you're getting stronger. And so if you can train both aspects of your functionality at the same time, that's money. The people who tell you just to do cardio, like, like that's old, that's old science. That's old news. Because when you're having, when you're doing long bouts of extended steady state cardio, you're really increasing your cortisol levels. So like when you see people who have done like tour de France, like marathon runners and stuff, they have the opposite problems as your friend, Vern. You look at them and you're like, are you guys doing okay? Are you 59? And they're like, we're 33. We feel good. You're like, shit, your skin looks horrible <laughs> just because of the oxidative stress that comes from that from like extended periods of cardio. Like that's not how we're supposed to be either. Right. So I would definitely say you got to be working out three times a week, like doing some sort of strength training three times per week. I love a push pull legs. That's like, that's such an easy way for guys to get this in. And then a lot of dudes that I work with, like want the arms and shoulder day, you know, we got, we got to have it. Yeah. And I think that having some sort of like I mean, I I love jujitsu because it builds flexibility. It builds real-world strength because, you know, there's no one ever fighting you back on a dumbbell row. I'm like, I don't know how you work out, but right, no, no one never. ever fighting me back on a dumbbell row?
0: Yeah, no one's ever sw- taking a swing at me when I'm, like, doing a bench press or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, you can go be strong, but can you be strong against someone who doesn't want you to do the thing that you're doing? Yeah, like, that's a whole nother level of, of strength and ability. So even if your watch isn't really reflecting the you got a ton of movement because you didn't actually get up and walk on your feet, that's an amazing practice. And if you had that like two or three times per week, that'd be fantastic. And then the only thing I would add on to that, because the jiu-jitsu really for me hits that cardio, it hits a lot of that interval style training because you know, between like the intensity of the matches and practice. And then if you're just getting 7,000 steps per day, that's fantastic because that's it making you get out and walk just a little bit. And science has shown us, there's a couple studies that have come out recently that say, Hey, 10,000 steps doesn't seem to necessarily do much more for longevity and cardiovascular health. Once you hit 7,000, you kind of get a little diminishing returns after the fact. So yeah, get Got 10, it. get 12, doesn't matter, but seven minimum. And then you add that to three times a week of jujitsu, three times a week of strength training. Like you have a great program and great routine.
0: Nice. So I I want to ask this question just selfishly, um, and you can be self deprecating if you care to. But as somebody who has like you know a good level of metabolic health, you look good with your shirt off. Like you do this for a living on training. Um, now that you're doing jujitsu, which is a whole different kind of range of motion and body function, where are you finding you're underdeveloped either in strength, cardio? You're like, oh, dude, my pecs look great, uh, but to do all of these movements, I really needed my tricep, and that's underdeveloped. Like, where are you finding in jujitsu where where you're having the hardest time physically, where you're like, Oh, I never thought to work on this part of my body. And it turns out this part of my body really needs some work.
1: Dude, I am getting crushed cardiovascularly. Like, repeatedly, I'm throwing up, like, I, <laughs> I'm dying. Like, it's every time is is complete suffering and hell for me. Like, I have not gotten to the point where I'm like, That was a really fun role. Did you have a good time too? I had a great time. I always get done, I'm like, Ugh.
0: Yeah. So go, your heart rate's
1: going dance. your heart rate's going through the roof because you're still in
0: fight or flight mode. You haven't figured out how to relax in any of the positions yet or not.
1: Yeah, I just kind of I just got to the point where I felt like I could like I could hang out and guard for a second without feeling like I'm gonna like lose my shit. But right. um but like that was like uh last Monday. So I yeah, I've just been getting completely destroyed. I think I'm like I'm I'm breathing like shit. I think my I freak myself out because I've noticed that like even in like like just light rolls with people, I will quit before they submit me like right. like and i'm kind of like i'll be on the bottom getting so like i get my arm trapped up here or something like that and then all of a sudden i'm just like please just give me an arm bar or something i need to stop
0: yeah it's, a, it's like, like a panic tap
1: yeah yeah and so i'm trying to work through that but it's honestly just making me understand that like like being in quote-unquote good shape or having like visible muscle tone doesn't mean shit when it comes to actually like combat and like performance yeah i feel like i was like even i mean it's only been a couple months but i feel like i was just a baby i was just a child yeah and like against against someone with a knowledge of of martial arts or or like combat sports at all there's just there's nothing you can do you have no recourse you have no chance and so this has been a very humbling experience because everything that i do right now i'm good at you know, right. So like I go to work, I'm good at my work. I go to the gym and I work out. I'm really good at dumbbell rows. I really just press the weights around and stuff like that. And then I go there and I get my ass handed to me.
0: And I'm yeah. like, shit. Don't you feel like every, especially guy, and I see it in my daughter as well. Don't you just feel like every human needs that moment where they're humbled almost to the point of embarrassment. Cause I can tell you like from doing jujitsu, you know, we're going through what's effectively a, a meltdown in my primary business, which is doing mortgages. And I'm so much more at peace than I think I would have been, you know, three years ago before I was doing jujitsu, Cause it's like, it's just, it's very humbling and you learn how to deal with stress and you're like, all right, this really sucks. I feel like there's a thousand pound weight on my chest at work, but you know, just breathe. It'll be okay. Don't you feel like every human needs like these, these forever
1: humbling experiences? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I think that a lot of us have a, a, a inflated view of our own uh, abilities and right. myself like, I put myself chief among them. Yeah, like that's myself included. I always have a high, you know, high like a. Uh, I always think I'm the best. You know, super smart, great, just a great guy. So it's good to be like it's good to be humbled almost to the point of despair. And then I also totally agree with you. Like I've noticed that like, that's probably been the biggest thing that I've noticed is that little things don't get under my skin as much because at least you know at least no one's choking me right now. At right. least I can still breathe. That's pretty cool. For yeah. Me. Yeah,
0: weird how things come into perspective when you have somebody trying to snap your neck or cut off your your oxygen.
1: Yeah, like it just like it has it's completely shifted perspective on the little hardships that we undergo in life and that's kind of bringing us back to what we were talking about early because if you don't have any perspective then all the little things are like perceived as being these big things that we need to really like put a lot of emotional energy into but if you've if you've dealt with some really hard shit or you've had someone put their knee on your stomach and you just suffer through it for the last 45 seconds while the clock is ticking down then suddenly those little things you can you can really see from a perspective level like that's not that big of a deal. This, this will pass.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hardship, I'd love to like shift the conversation a little bit from fitness itself to like the journey of entrepreneurship. Right. Because like I can go on Instagram and every third ad is for something physical fitness related. Right. And there's a million gyms and a million different flavors. And there's I mean, I've had high cholesterol my whole life. So this is like, this is one little microcosm of health that I've been following because my family has horrible health history. I've been on a statin for a long time. And it's like, you know, depending on the season, it's like, oh no, no, we're really concerned about only overall total cholesterol. You've got to get it down to at least your age hundred. Oh, if you really want to prevent yourself from having a heart attack, you got to get it under a hundred. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe all we care about is having the good cholesterol, the HDL higher. Oh, you know what? Maybe you should be on the these PKS9 inhibitor you know it's like the science changes particle A, size all, all, yeah. All, yeah yeah particle size of cholesterol now and now they're like uh, surprise surprise coming around to like well maybe cholesterol's not so bad what we really should be monitoring is blood sugar because the overwhelming amount of carbohydrates and, and tissue damage are, okay so that's just one little tiny sliver microcosm of the health world and then you look with personal trainers and like I said some of them are more cardio more weights more this more that and then personal trainers just seem to be a dime a dozen. Um, so how in the hell does somebody say, you know what, this is what I want my life's work to be. This is the industry I wanna work in. And I'm gonna carve out a niche where I can provide for my family consistently um, in that world. So can you talk a little bit about like, all right, I worked at a gym, I was a personal trainer to like this entrepreneurial journey to do what you're doing now. Cause I know I know you're very successful at it and I just don't understand how because your competition is so fierce. <laughs>
1: thank you (laughs) thank you yeah i think um but i i've I've always like i've loved fitness i've kind of found i found my way into it through some insecurities and dealing with my own stuff but like there was a there was a point in there like i think it's like 2014 2015 so i've been working as a as a trainer for like six seven years when i started to really appreciate the the ability to like I guess just the ability that comes with training and exercise and and eating right and there was a there kind of came to a head for me one time when we were I was out on vacation with my wife we were actually on our honeymoon in Ghana, Africa which is she had spent a year as a teach like as an orphanage there so it's a whole thing, and we were trying to go up this staircase to the top of this tower in an old slave castle out there, and this family was there like another American tourist tourist family was there. And they couldn't go up the stairs uh, because they just had to, like, they're carrying too much weight around. They're just a little, a little on the obese side. So they, the mom and the dad sat at the bottom and their three kids playing on their devices while we walked up the stairs and did this whole thing and did this tour and then came back down. And to me, that was like, it was kind of a, uh, like, an idea of like, hey, it's not even about like having a six pack or whatever else, but it's about the ability to show up when necessary, show up for your family, show up at work, show up. on vacation, right? Right. So it's not necessarily about running away from this fear of insecurity and um, like not necessarily being enough or being good enough. It's it's about what can you create, like rather than being like, and I think women get targeted by this a lot. You hear like the the verbiage around women's weight loss. It's like lose weight, drop fat, decrease your pant size. It's all about becoming smaller and putting yourself into a box. Yeah. When in reality, exercise is an amplifier. It's a it's a force multiplier, which allows you to get stronger, do more things. Like now you can do ten pull ups. Like what does that do for your self esteem and your confidence? You know. So I think that that's kind of where that the turning point was. Uh, for me, and so in 2014, 2015, my wife and I saved a bunch of money, and then sold all of our stuff. We were living in Seattle at the time, and moved to South America for what was going to be six months, something I'd always wanted to do. So um, I be- tried at that point because I'd had a couple of clients who were people in the startup space in Seattle who were, had like that entrepreneurial like thing going on for themselves. And I was just talking to getting their feedback and input, which by the way, makes personal training one of the greatest jobs that a 22 year old can have because like the gym is a great democratizer and you're like, right. like nowhere else in the world are you getting like CEOs being like, excuse me, 19 year old, can I work in with you? Like it's, yeah. it just creates a, like, a unique environment. And then I am like, people are asking me about my opinions on health and fitness. And I'm like, but you have all this expertise. You were a, you're starting up like a tech company. You're the CEO of this. You've done right. all these things. Right. I told my wife all the time during like when I worked there, like bring me the world's problems because I can solve them before 2 p.m. with my clients because they were just the smartest, like coolest human beings in the world. And I got a chance to be around them as a tw- 22-year-old, 24-year-old. Like it was incredible. So at this time, I ended up um, like trying to transition people to an online style of personal training. And so for me, what that meant is since I loved working out, it was like, all right, here, Scott is an Excel document with exercises on them. So here's your Excel, here's your name of your exercise, your sets, your reps, and your tempo. Great. And then uh, I was getting really good results with it. So it became this kind of like, well, now I have to figure out that, well, I like, solve this problem. And I always, I've always, i always like enjoyed that aspect of business. It's just like, what? how do you solve that problem? How do you get a little bit better at it? And so I was like, you know what I'm, I'm missing is videos. I need videos. So I filmed like 600 videos, holy exercises shit. and put them all into YouTube. And then I put them all into the Excel document and took me forever. But I was shipping these, these Excel documents off and uh, no one did them. So I was like, dang, close, close one next time. So that's when I really started getting into nutrition because I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm losing out on something here. People aren't doing what I'm asking them to do. And I'm missing a big piece. And what I found was that if people didn't have a good nutritional structure dialed in, they were never going to get results in their fitness because they're always inflamed. They never felt good. They didn't see results, so the momentum stagnated. And so I went back to the drawing board in about 2018 and created this this uh, style of dieting or style like nutrition that I call the Million Dollar Body Method, based off of low carb backloading, which is something that I had been messing around with a lot in in like 2014 2015. And since then, I really try to like get people to start with the nutrition piece and then we'll add in the training piece as we go, because that seems to get them better results longer term. What were you we talking about? The entrepreneurial <laughs> journey.
0: Um, but, so but that, that, I, that spurred like 13 more questions. So, so, uh, it was a lot of trial and error. It sounds for like three or four years until you found this cornerstone piece of like, oh, nutrition before weights, nutrition before the six hundred videos of YouTube. By the way, do you still have those six hundred videos? Can
1: can we? Oh just, yeah, uh, yes. So you can go back and you can watch through my YouTube channel. You can just watch my hair change, the, <laughs> like over the course of a decade. It's,
0: it's amazing. Um, so so do you still give out those six hundred videos to people to uh, to work out? Like, do you
1: do you use them at all? Yeah, absolutely. So like, I mean, there's, there's still like good videos and they're good performance stuff, but I use an app now rather than shipping off Excel documents. And I don't even get people the app until like a month, six weeks into the program. So trying to develop the habits of, hey, let's get your walk in, let's get some movement going. And then we can slide in and exchange the habits rather than being like, all right, first day one, bench press, let's go. You know, right. I feel like like it's it's so easy to get overwhelmed with the process. So you yeah. can always turn stuff up. I think a lot of times people make the like... For me, one of the main things that I have to to work on with my clients is talking them down. They're like, I want to do keto. I want to do fasting. I want to work out six times a day. Can we do two days? And I'm like, hold up. Can you walk once? Can you walk for 30 minutes one time? And then we can talk about the next thing. Right. Because like, especially, I mean, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, we want to go a hundred percent all in right now. Right. I want results starting yesterday. Totally.
0: Totally. Um, I'll tell you the, the, the best, best two lines i ever got on this i had a buddy who got fired as a personal trainer cuz he's like yeah i just can't i can't get any clients i'm like how can you not get any clients there's people walking in there all the time he's like cuz i know how this shit actually works like most people won't change their diet they're morbidly obese for a reason they won't give up the carbs and so when they want to train with me i tell them hey before anybody trains with me this is this is what you have to do for a whole month I need you to drink, and I can't remember if it was a half gallon of water or a gallon of water, every morning before you put any food in your mouth. If you do that, the first thing that'll happen is you'll be satiated through much of the day because you're well hydrated. Second of all, you'll accidentally start doing some intermittent fasting because it takes a while to drink that water. Three, it'll show your discipline to actually do this and change your life. And number four, you'll come to me with some momentum of, like, already losing a few pounds and feeling better because you're well hydrated and not as inflamed. And then we'll know that you'll be a good training uh, personal training candidate. And he's like, nobody ever does that shit. they rather just stay fat and eat carbs every morning. And I was once like.
1: He did, he's doing it wrong. He did it backwards. You got to get the money first. Yes. I'm going to tell you the one secret you need to know. Yes. Put the $1,000 down for your initial appointment. Then once they paid you $1,000, you go, drink a gallon of water and then they go back home and they're like this secret sucks but they do it anyways because they paid you and then they come in they're like holy shit it worked you're a genius yeah he's doing it all wrong he's too honest idea he was too honest for his own good man uh you can't you can't lead with that you can't lead with the boring stuff because then everyone's like well what about the ketones yeah (laughs) but aren't i supposed to
0: be on intermittent fasting atkin atkins only double hit workouts
1: per day every day so I heard about carnivore now. Can I do carnivore? <laughs> yeah. Can you just, can you have a glass of water? You haven't had a glass of water in a week, Susan. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're you living off of diet
0: Coke and Pringles. Like I think we've got yeah. some low lying fruit. So that was first training story, number one. And then number two, I'm not going to use his name just because he would not be embarrassed about this story, but we're, uh, we're getting dressed at Equinox gym in Pasadena one time. And there's this guy, he's hilarious. He's a friend of mine. He happens to be gay, which is relevant to this story. And this dude's like, more shredded than I will or have ever been in my life. And he's like 60, just super ripped, uh, Asian dude looks like looks like a wide receiver in the NFL at like fifty five or sixty, and he's like, yeah, I put on a couple pounds. Gonna have to start my New Year's resolution diet, even though it's not New Year's. And I was like, oh, what what is that like? What's your go to like kickstart diet? He's like, nothing white in my mouth except for my boyfriend. And he's like, he's like no no potatoes, no rice, no flour, no sugar, no uh, tortillas, no bread, nothing in my mouth except for my boyfriend. And then he he proceeded to explain to me what that meant. I'm like, no, 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 I get it. I get it. I under, I understand the joke. Like I don't need any more graphic uh, uh, detail explanation anyway, than that. Picture. Yeah. He's like, here, here's a picture of him. You should see. And um, yeah, that was, but you know, what's funny is that that has stuck in my mind for a few years. And sure enough, first of the year, I was like, you know what? I'm getting a little chubby. I'm up to like 223. That's about as fat as I get. And the jujitsu, I've gotten to a point now where I'm not good, but I'm good enough to be a little bit lazy and hold certain positions. So I'm not getting as much of a cardio workout. So I'm like, all right, let's just go, let's just make this lifestyle change, less carbs. Sure enough, it's now March 13th. We're recording this. I've lost 22 pounds, not making some type of like vicious health change, just not putting the white shit in my mouth. Like, you know, I'll eat some sandwich meat, I'll eat a lot of cheese, but I'm just not wrapping it in bread and I'm not having tortilla chips. I'm just eating some salsa and. Uh, salsa and vegetables, which sounds horrible when you say it out loud, um but just trying to get rid of the the bread and the tortillas and the the
1: white stuff. But it's a super simple framework, right? It it, it creates now a, like it's a binary thing. Is it white? Does it? I don't eat it. Like that's it. That's all there is to it, right? So you don't have to be like, all right, well, what are my macros today? Yeah, should I be counting? Is this how much proteins? You know, like you're just like, is it white? Then I don't eat it. Then the end. Right, that's why I like a low carb diet, or like the, what I call the million dollar body method. It's like for breakfast, you have proteins and fats. Does it have carbs in it? Well, then you don't fucking eat it. No. <laughs>
0: right? It's not hard, right? It's right. like don't yeah. have
1: the toast. Proteins and vegetables. Yeah. Like, does it have protein in it? Is it meat? Then you can have it. Is it vegetables? It's a carrot. Yeah. So then eat that. Yeah. Well, what about a sandwich? I don't know. Does it have carbs in it? Well, then you probably shouldn't eat it. Right. right. And then dinner time, we have protein, carbs, and, and veggies. So that's when you get your potatoes or rice or whatever else. So wait a minute. It's just like. Again, with the science changing all the time, I, I've always heard, or I had it stuck
0: in my mind for however many years, like if you're going to have carbs, have it early in the morning, so then you end up burning it off through the whole day. Is this is
1: this not the new modern science? Eh, I mean. <laughs> all of it will work, right? All, all of this works. I'm not going to tell you to sit here and be like, Million Dollar Body Method, that's the only way to do it. Right, right. Because it's not that's not true. But here's what I love about this style is that it focuses primarily on blood sugar all day and your energy. Because that's why I said I work with entrepreneurs and business owners, because they understand that if they have energy, mental acuity, and focus all day long, they can make more money and have a better life. Right. So I would much rather have them do that all day long, have a really low carbohydrate, high protein, Higher fats because they're going to have nice stable long term blood sugar all day long. They're going to teach their body to burn fat when appropriate because most of us aren't out running triathlons and digging ditches, right? To where we need that high caliber fuel. So we're doing stuff. Our brain is one, of the, one the, the number one user of glucose in our bodies. So you know you have glucose in your liver, you have it in your muscle bellies, and you use it with your brain. So all day long when we're like when we're doing these mental athletics and gymnastics, we're burning off the previous day's glucose. Mm. So then, so once you burn through that, you're now burning a higher percentage of fat. So your body's burning fat. You're teaching it how to use fat and carbs for fuel. And then you get to the end of the day and your glucose, your glucose reserves are depleted. So you have your potatoes, you have bread, tortillas, whatever else it is, Captain Crunch, who gives a shit. You, then you go, you fill the muscle bellies and you fill your liver back up with the glycogen. So it's, you are not giving yourself as much of a chance to store it in fat. So it's not to say that like, you won't burn it off during the day, you know, but I think it's almost, it's much easier to have carbs at night. Cause you know, like you're going out for a client dinner or Thanksgiving or whatever else. It's just like, it's easier to have a bigger meal and it right. fits kind of with the evolutionary perspective. It gives you long-term energy and it provides a very simple framework for being like, yes, I should have this or no, I should not. Yeah. So I love those aspects about this, but I'm not going to sit here and say, this is the best diet. I think it's probably one of the best diets for having amazing energy though. Yeah, because I did look up the billionaire body, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and they only do carbs every Wednesday. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, every Wednesday on the third month of the year in our no. Uh, <laughs> so let me ask you this: like on the entrepreneur journey, like obviously you're doing all the things, right? You have some social media, you have a YouTube channel, whatnot. I'm always interested in this in the clients thinking about like the macro marketing versus the micro marketing. Do you get most of your clients from some, you know, $99 Instagram funnel that pushes them in the Facebook group so that you can then market to strangers? Or are most of your clients still coming from, you know, some CEO of a startup who tells their buddy, yeah, man, I've lost 25 pounds. I'm feeling better. I have more energy because of, uh, you know, Nate, aka the the low-carb guy, uh, low-carb hustle guy. And then you get like a personal introduction. I'm always wondering like where where is the macro working for entrepreneurs and
1: where is the micro like organic person to person working for entrepreneurs? Um, so I, I get, I get much more of my, of my clients from word of mouth than anywhere yeah. else, especially my good clients. Um, for a while I was doing more of like a membership, kind of like what you were describing earlier, like, okay, it's a $60 lead in for just nutrition and accountability. And then you can add on the training aspect as you go a little deeper into it. Okay. That's a little additional fee. So like having that as like an Ascension, but I was spending so much time on these clients for who were paying me, you know, like a hundred bucks or less per month. Yeah. Because what I was finding was that like people who are paying hundred dollars a month, but they have a net worth of two hundred dollars, like they want everything for fifty percent of their net worth, you know? Right, right. Versus clients who have like who own a business and see the value of actually having their physical health on point, and then there's you know there's they're spending one percent of their net worth, they are much more likely to follow through with what I'm asking, and then not bug me every minute of every day, and then complain and then want their money back, which, right? kept happening. I literally, uh, three weeks ago, I fired 11 people in my membership program. Cause so I was like, you guys are, are so not fun to work with. And yeah, I was, I was trying to do this because like, I love it. I love doing it. I love sharing like the joy of exercise and nutrition with people. Yeah. If you're going to make my life a living hell and tell me that I'm not doing a good job, bitch, the onus is on you to extract the value. So like, don't tell me that, that you don't like it when you don't come to my calls. Man, shout
0: out to my buddy, Clay Ebert, who gave me this great piece of advice that I didn't listen to. Um, when we first launched our mortgage coaching business, we had like this $59 price point. I'm like, we're gonna have like 2,000 people in the program and it'll only be $59 and we'll have we'll give all this value. And my buddy, Clay, he told me, he's like, hey man, I tried this before where I had like this $30 and all you got was access to my Slack channel. So I would give out constant ideas, answer questions once in a while. And he told me this, this, the, this will resonate with you, Nate. He's like, be very careful that you don't build a tribe of people who you don't want to lead. And he was like, at that low cost price, you're going to create a tribe of people who should have been raving fans, but in their mind, subconsciously or consciously, they feel like they should get private one-on-one coaching for $59 a month. And when you don't give it to them, they're going to be disgruntled and their credit card's going to decline and they'll leave one star reviews. And sure enough, like a year and a half in, we had to completely revamp the thing because we had created a tribe of $59 a month complainers. Um, and it was brutal. And now with a price point of like $900 a month, um... I never hear from those clients unless they're having a real raving meltdown, which is about once a year per person. So it's like 20 calls a year instead of we were getting 20 calls a day on what's my password? Why can't I do this? Can Scott teach this? We need to pivot to that. How is he going to save the day on that? It's like $59, man. We're charging you less than cable. And your cable company isn't uh, your personal trainer. It was, it was nuts. So I, I feel your pain on that low cost um, entry level. But I, I think much like me, you're kind of like a... A, like you're just like an intellectual philanthropist, where you're like, I have this knowledge. I want people to be healthier. I want them to be better. I should be able to give it out at a low cost,
1: and for people like you and I, it always freaking backfires. And like, I mean, like, I feel like I, I'm coming across being a little disgruntled about this. And I think it's really it's fresh for me right now, and right. I, and that's where it's coming from. It's because like I have a great system, and like, and for what they were getting for this for this. Low cost is insane. Like literally, like we're te- I'm texting them three or four times a week, getting their information, following up. I got calls all the time, all week long. They got the the program is dope. There's a handbook in there. There's stuff to fill out. There's like months of content, like walking people through every nuance, every question I've ever gotten. Hundreds of videos, all the exercise equipment, training and like so it's like it's robust. So for 60 bucks, I was like, this is going to be the shit. I'm going to transform the industry. And then I just, it was just like, you know, like kind of going back to what we were talking about with like the, the small problems, but I just felt constantly drained. And like, and it was just, a, it was a vocal minority too. Right. Like 20, 20% of the people, but like, oh my gosh, it was just so, it was so unpleasant. Yeah. And I want, I just want people to be healthy. That's why I wrote the book. It's like, you, you can go to get Nate's book to get my book for literally free dollars. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back, but, I, but <laughs> you know, I, I feel like a lot of times, Scott, people write, like coaches write books that are like, and here's all the amazing things that happen. And if you want to know how to do it, then you actually buy, buy my program. I didn't do that. I wrote a 28 day plan. You can actually go try this shit out and just, see how it works for you. I wrote everything in there because you know, I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years, right. but I would like someone to be able to pick up that book and transform their physical health. So like, I want, I want to help people kind of like with their glow up, but I think I I just ended up coming to the conclusion that like, like you said, I don't want to create a community of people that I don't want to be around. Right. I had to kind of charge some more money to make sure that everyone is on the same page and is willing to be coached up in that way. And then I'm, then my, now my new plan is that, you know, transforming some of like the leaders, people, people in leadership in their families in their communities in their businesses that will create a, a, like a, like that, waterfall effect or snowball effect. And yeah. they will be able to translate that to other people within their communities. I love it, man. I,
0: I, it's kind of like what we're talking about is moving to like that, lack of a better term, like that Gary V model, like where it's everything's for free or effectively free because a $20 book is effectively free. Um, so it's like either free or it's twenty five thousand dollars to be part of the part of the inner circle, right? Like I'll give out I'll give out all the stuff for free, and then personalized attention costs twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Just in case I ever want to sign up for uh, health coaching, don't listen to what I just said about the free it's, or twenty five thousand dollars.
1: Twenty five thousand dollars. so yes. you can sign up. For actually, right, I can take that credit card right over, right over the phone. <laughs> uh, twenty five thousand a month, right? That's that's yeah, uh, yeah. yes, yes, clearly, clearly. <laughs> I, okay. I had a I had a friend who is who is talking about his MBA program. And he said, one of the best lessons I ever got, he's like, I don't do this very often, but he's like, if, if you're doing a, like a sales pitch and you, uh, like you say a number and they don't blink. And they, so you say like, like, oh, it's a thousand dollars and they don't blink. You go per month. And if they don't blink, you go per user. <laughs>
0: There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. I had a buddy that went through the, uh, one of the like Harvard or Stanford NBA programs. And he's like, yeah, we basically spent two years, uh, trying to drill down on one concept. I was like, well, what's the concept? He's like, how do you lead people in a business where like, when you tell them to go make a hundred sales calls and they come back and they're like, Hey boss, I left a hundred voicemails. I called everybody. He's like, well, Yeah, that wasn't really the goal. The goal was actually to connect with people so we could build a relationship so we could sell something. He's like, changing the employee mind shift from like, I checked the box and I made 100 calls to like, I'm invested in building relationships and making sales so this business survives. He's like, that's pretty much what we did the whole two years in the NBA in some different version. I'm like- Oh, that's a fascinating subject to to tackle, and maybe you could have just read a book on that and save two hundred grand. Um, but he he didn't like that joke so much. Hey, so a couple of parting thoughts, man. Um, if somebody obviously they can go to get Nate's book right with an S. Get Nate's book. Okay, so we'll put that up in the link in the show notes and stuff. If somebody wants to start today, you know, maybe they're uh, maybe they're fifty pounds overweight. They know it. You know, I find a lot of people that have a hard time getting started, frankly, Nate, are the ones that used to be high school athletes, right? Like the Al Bundys of the world who are like, I scored four touchdown in the senior home game, homecoming game and I was a rock star high school athlete but, you know, I'm 40 now. I'm over the hill. I've put on 50 pounds. There's no chance I can get back to... Ju- I was talking to a guy just the other day. He was like a, a two-time state champion in wrestling and I'm like, bro, I don't care how out of shape you are. There's some muscle memory there where you could come back to jujitsu you would excel at it early on compared to the person that didn't wrestle and you'll just get motivated to lose weight they're like no man i'm past my prime i can't do it i'm like you're 45 bro you got a lot of years left you're not past your prime anyway i digress burn. huh yeah yeah exactly so um so if somebody wants to take the first step right now other than getting in touch with you signing up for a program reading your book something what's like the first health step for somebody that's been like out of rhythm for a long time
1: um honestly like we can just chat. Like that's the, probably the easiest thing. Just we can get on a quick call. Just uh go to itsnatepalmer.com you can get in touch with me just like I'll 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 shoot you a text. Just text back and forth easy. Perfect. Um but then but then grab the book. And if you want if you would love to spend $15 on the book, you may do so. It's on Amazon and Audible as well. Um but like that like, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know about all this low carb sounds a little sketchy carbs at dinner. What are you talking about with that? Um, you said, he said captain crunch earlier. Yes, I did
0: hear that. I (laughs) I caught that for sure.
1: (laughs) But like, you go check out the book, like see what the philosophy is all about and then try an N one experiment. Just see how it works with your body, your mentality. And then like, I got, I got like all the, I got the, the juice on the back end. So if you need some help with that, but like check out the book. It gives you a step-by-step breakdown of exactly what to do. So I feel like that is one of the easiest things you can do, especially with how easy it is to get an Audible book these days. Or if you want to actually have a, a conversation, go to itsnatepalmer.com and I will text you.
0: Love it. Uh, last two questions that I always end the podcast with. Uh, Number one, again, we're recording this kind of early 2023. What are you most looking forward to in 2023 for you, your family, your business? Um, We didn't even hit on the fact that we're on Front Row Dads together. So I probably should have asked about your kids. I screwed up there. Sorry. Um, But what are you most looking forward to this year, 2023 for you, your family, your business?
1: Um, uh, like personal family stuff is my wife and I have jobs that we have a location freedom. We're still developing the time freedom side of things, but we are going to spend about five weeks in Canada, uh, during the summer in Phoenix. So we'll spend June in Canada. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited about that because that's been a big goal of ours for a long time is to be able to travel and you know, like live in a different place while we still work a little bit, you know? Nice. So that's a huge, that's a huge win for us. And then I just want to, man, like I just want to suffer through the next six, eight months of jujitsu and like, uh, and emerge a little bit better, man. You know, I think that like, there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential growth and victory there for me. And I, I know that if I just keep showing up and putting in the work and, and even if it's not fun or enjoyable at times, I know that there's massive wins on the other side of that for me love it man and then last question favorite movie and why matrix matrix 1
0: nice one of my yeah, favorites I, but i think the first time it's been said on the podcast so tell us why
1: it's it's so good it's got like it's got some like societal uh, spirituality like all these like different underpinnings mixed in it's basically like the christ archetype so it's just like it's a classic story with bullet time reveal for the first time which was which was like crazy cinematically um keanu reeves acting like you know just like you know his his acting styles paired perfectly with the character right and just so many guns i just i just loved it it was just so great
0: yeah that that movie i mean it, i hate to say i i hate to like be overzealous about this, but it really did change the game on what an action movie could be. It was so yeah. much fun, and you had Lawrence Fishburne being old, but still kicking ass, and then you had, like, um, uh, oh, what was the girl's name? Um, Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah, no, her, her, her character. Be? Trinity, yeah, you had Trinity kicking ass in like the opening scene, like and the, the walking on the walls and stuff, and that's been done so
1: many times in every other movie.
0: Yeah, oh, it man. just v- very, very cool from start to end. Did you like the uh, the I don't know what we would call the it the, the reboot, the newest one? Yeah, I I enjoyed
1: it. I was okay with it. It was, fu- it was fine. Like, I think any, like the Matrix 2, Matrix 3, and then the reboot, they were all good movies, but they just didn't stand up to the original because it right. was so good and so fresh. Right. So I think that like, if you had just watched Matrix 2 without having seen Matrix 1, you'd been like, oh my God, this movie rules. But since you had the, like the comparison there. Yes. Also, I think that has a, like a firm place in my heart, because like, that was like a formative adolescent movie for me. And I've probably watched it, Scott, a hundred times.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I'm i uh, I'm the same way with Top Gun. Um, I've oh, probably, yeah. I've probably watched Top Gun a hundred times and we had a, we had some family friends over with their five boys and I was like, Hey, have you guys seen Maverick yet? And they're like, no, you know, we we're really excited about seeing it. We missed it in the theater. just wasn't really on my radar. They're like, have you seen it? I'm like, yeah, like 13 times, but I'd love to watch it again tonight. And they're like, <laughs> you are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but they Maverick, they literally took a piece of my childhood and they made it better without spoiling it with all the modern craziness stuff and it's just it's it's great to me it's like a perfect movie for men of our age
1: it was a perfect action movie and i love that you never knew who the bad guy was like, right it wasn't a, it didn't even matter right it right. was it was some enemy and the whole thing was about the like the they were the
0: chinese the... bro it was the chinese i hate to tell you this
1: wink I mean, wink a- but they didn't say it. Right? right. It didn't. And it didn't matter. Well, you know what I'm excited about right now is like this whole Russia, Ukraine thing. We're finally getting back to our heritage of having uh, Russians be the bad guys in every movie. Like the Middle Eastern thing, getting tired.
0: Yeah. Getting very tired. Getting very tired. Silver lining. Silver lining of the tragedy. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Nate, are you going to be in Utah by chance in like a month or two when this whole thing goes down with the front row dads? Are you there for that? Maybe not. Wow! Wow! I don't. I didn't know I was invited. Okay. Well, so I, I guess. I guess not. Maybe you weren't. I don't know. Um. Maybe it was scheduled years out, and you're just back in. Anyway, we will find an excuse to see each other because I make my way out to Phoenix quite a bit. My business partner Dallas is there. Uh, if you make your way to Vegas or L.A., we would love to hang out and do this in person and talk more about cholesterol. No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk more about uh, owning a business and such.
1: I love cholesterol though, so I just re- I put out a reel today about cholesterol. I know. I saw. That's it. That's why podcast. it's top of mind. All right. All right, yeah. dude. It- Scott thank you so much this is a, this is uh, fantastic love you dude we'll talk soon